because of a provision in the Act which made it compulsory for Schedule Eight offenders to submit their DNA. This provision in the Act, which saw him key and many others linked to a litany of crimes and therefore jailed for many more years than would have been the case without it, expired in January 2017. It was written into the Act as a transitional provision for a two-year period, and when it expired, a draft amendment was immediately written. But that draft sat in Cabinet for five years. Five years later, and that amendment is before this House today, and only because of relentless pressure by members of the Portfolio Committee on Police, who first challenged the Minister to bring it to Parliament in 2019. Countless requests, parliamentary questions, statements, motions, debates, since the election of this sixth Parliament three years ago, have brought us here today. And now we must ask ourselves as legislators, why? Why should it take this long for a minister to bring a simple, uncontroversial piece of legislation to Parliament? And what are the consequences of such an unacceptable delay? How many Sikangele MKs have slipped through the net because this simple yet extremely effective amendment was left to gather dust in Cabinet? Well, I'll tell you how many. 96,875. From 2017 until June last year, 96,875 violent Schedule 8 offenders were released on parole without their DNA being taken and recorded on the convicted offenders database, with thousands more likely to have been released in the last year. That is close to 100,000 violent criminals who are wandering the streets of our country, just like Mki did. The only difference is that we have no DNA record to link these criminals, future crimes, to their criminal past. So why would Cabinet not prioritize such an obviously important piece of legislation? What reason could they possibly have to delay this consequential piece of legislation? The reason provided by the Ministry for the past few years has been that Cabinet was considering a national DNA population database which would require every single citizen to submit their DNA to the state. Now, aside from being entirely unaffordable, it would most certainly be unconstitutional. And even if Cabinet wanted to explore this dystopian surveillance project, this does not have to stop them from bringing the original draft bill to Parliament. The passage of this bill from its original drafting in 2017 to date should give all of us pause for thought. Why are we as the legislative arm of government so dependent on the executive to bring legislation to us? Why are we surrendering our primary function to the executive, thereby betraying our voters and our constitutional commitment? The reason is because the African National Congress with their majority in parliament bypasses the constitutional imperative of parliament to hold the executive to account by allowing, by allowing the executive to draft, draft almost all of our legislation. Over 80% of all legislation in the last 10 years was drafted by the executive. It is high time that Parliament start to take private members' bills and committee bills much more seriously and to start to exercise our legitimate authority over the executive so that we can do justice to the millions of South Africans who have entrusted us with this responsibility. The fact that the Police Portfolio Committee unanimously supported this amendment bill and we united from day one on this critically important issue 
proves that we could have drafted a committee bill in 2019 already and passed it in this house before the end of 2020 if we had drafted a committee bill while the executive dithered, thereby potentially saving hundreds of lives and preventing hundreds, if not thousands, of rapes. It is therefore with no thanks to the executive that we are here today, for without the dogged persistence of the portfolio committee, this bill would not be before us. I would therefore like to thank every member of the committee for their support for this bill and for their ongoing efforts to fight for a reduction in the DNA backlog, which will ultimately strengthen the intent of this bill. Lastly, I would like to say that as we head towards 2024, Parliament must start to recognise the critically important role it plays it what will have to play in a post-ANC future. We must all start preparing for this inevitability by identifying opportunities for members and committees to draft legislation in order to strengthen and empower the parliamentary process, which will soon be at the heart of South Africa's national realignment. The DA fully supports this bill. I thank you. Honourable Shembeni from the EFF. Thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, the EFF is in full support of the measures this amendment bill introduces in order to streamline the fight against violent crimes in the country. We support the obligation that the bill will give to the authorities to take a buccal sample from offenders convicted of Schedule 8 offences. These offences include rape, murder, human trafficking, culpable homicide, and other serious offences. The history of crime in this country is replete with examples of repeat offenders who commit the same kind of crime over and over again. We now know that it is more likely that people who commit crimes such as rape and murder are likely to do these crimes again. If measures are not put in place to ensure that these criminals are locked up for a very long time. DNA has proven to be a key that can be used to apprehend these criminals, particularly criminals who kill and rape women. The taking of buccal sample is not an intrusive measure. And we feel that the amendment of section seven of the act to provide for a court application to compel an offender to consent to having a sample taken from them is too lenient towards offender and will lead to incurring on unnecessary cost by the SAPS and correctional services. The taking of these samples must be obligatory and no offender must refuse to have these samples taken from them. We also support the amendment of section 32 of the act to provide for the use of minimum force by the SAPS and correctional services officers to compel offenders who may refuse to have these samples taken from them. This bill could however have gone even further to link the biometric identification system that Home Affairs uses to an identification database at SAPS which would help identify offenders who have not yet been arrested or convicted of any crimes. It is foolish that SAPS are not allowed to use the huge database that Home Affairs has 
in order to resolve many cold cases and bring justice to the victims of crime. While this bill is progressive and may enable easy identification and apprehension of criminals, its usefulness will remain only theoretical if SAPS does not take rapid steps to resolve the crisis at their DNA laboratories. Thousands of cases involving rape and murder risk being thrown out of court because the leadership of SAPS has not been able to resolve the DNA backlog crisis that has been building up over the past couple of years. Minister, this negligence is of treasonous proportions. It allows criminals free range because they know that SAPS is mismanaged and has no capacity to trace them and link them to their crimes. It is the same mismanagement that has embroiled the management at the Central Firearms Registry, which has rendered the registration and licensing of firearms a very dangerous joke. Despite the misgivings we might have about the capacity of the SAPS and correctional services to do what the legislation empowers them to, we are in support of legislation measures that may help in our fight against criminality. We're in full support of the bill as the EFF. I thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Member. The Honorable Singh. Uh, thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson, and good afternoon to you and colleagues. It was Honorable uh, Majorzi that served on this committee, and unfortunately, she's on sick leave, so I will uh, contribute on behalf of the IFP. Honorable Chairperson, during the period October to December 2021, the official SAPS crime statistics state that 11,315 rapes were, were recorded. The same report indicates that 6,859 murders were committed. Chairperson, if we step away from the statistics for a moment and count the human cost, we are left with thousands of families mourning a loved one and thousands of lives destroyed by a violent, aggressive act. As the IFP, making communities safer is one of our top priorities where we govern. Our Women's Brigade is visible and vocal when it comes to providing support and advocating for harsh sentences and no parole for perpetrators of gender-based violence. For these reasons, we welcome and are in full support of the Portfolio Committee's report, as well as the adoption of this bill. The adoption of this bill will, among others, provide for the taking of buccal samples from any person serving a sentence of imprisonment in respect of any offense listed in Schedule 8 of the Criminal Procedure Act 51 of 1977. And this is before the release of the person if the buccal sample had not already been taken upon his or her arrest. And also, I quote, before the release of a person either on parole or under correctional supervision by a court. Honorable Chairperson, importantly, the bill also provides for measures to be followed in the event that a convicted offender refuses consent for a buccal sample to be taken. These measures are intended to ensure that all persons convicted for Schedule 8 offenses, which include rape, murder, human trafficking, robbery, and culpable homicide, will have a DNA sample included on the convicted offender's database. This is a welcome move. According to NGO Action Society, and I quote, almost 100,000 violent criminals have been released 
since 2016 without submitting a DNA example, close quote. In part, this is due to the delay with passing this legislation. DNA samples have become essential evidence for building cases and convicting perpetrators. Therefore, it is as equally essential that DNA samples of all those with Schedule 8 convictions are available on the database. This will not only assist when building a case, but hopefully also act as a deterrent to repeat offenders. The next essential step will be to clear the uh, SAPS DNA analysis backlog to ensure swift justice for the victims of GBV and other Schedule 8 offenses. I agree with the Honorable Chairperson of the committee who said in the, in the beginning that this is probably one of the best acts that have been passed, and I see the other members have supported it. But the question <clears throat> would always revolve around the issue of implementation. And if implementation can be effected timely and effectively, then I think people of South Africa who have been victims of crime can sleep more peacefully, knowing that the perpetrators will be uh, will get the day in court and will be put behind bars if they are found guilty. We also need to look at parole regulations because too many people are released on parole and become repeat, uh, repeat offenders. So all in all, the IFP also takes pleasure in supporting uh, this piece of legislation. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much, Honourable Member. The Honourable Dr. Khunwal. Geachte voorzitter, to understand this bill and to see it in its correct perspective, we must go back to see where it actually originated from. This bill originated in 2009, but in the wisdom of the majority party, the ANC and the Portfolio Committee, it was decided in 2009 that the forensics part must be separated from the fingerprint section. And only in 2030, we got the Criminal Law Forensics Procedure Act. Then it took another two years for the minister to put regulations in place to give effect to this bill. And yes, only two years remained in terms of that bill to get the samples from the criminals. And then in 2017, the hands were chopped off. And now we're in 2022. And we must ask ourselves, why did it take the governing party 13 years that we are here today with an amendment bill on the criminal law forensics procedures? I want to say for 13 years, the ANC government failed, specifically the victims, women and children, when it comes to sexual offenses and the criminals. Now, Chairperson, the question is, how long is it going to take now to, real, and to ensure that there is real effect to this bill? We already heard about 100,000 criminals running loose on the streets because of this lack of urgency from the governing party. The DNA backlog, more than 200,000 cases. Now, Honorable Chair, it's no use. We come here 
and tell the people of South Africa, we've got this fantastic bone and you are going to be protected. But in reality, we are failing the people in South Africa. En daarom wil ek vir u sê, ons het goeie wetgeving, maar goeie wetgeving beteken niks, as jy dit nie in die praktijk kan toepas nie. En hier die wijzigingswetsontwerp is een perfecte voorbeeld van een goeie wijzigingswetsontwerp, een wetsontwerp wat wel daarop gerig is om wel vooral vrouwens en kinders te beskerm. Maar ons moet lees in die media van slagoffers van seksuele geweld, waar die beskuldigde nog buiten die straat rondloop. Vir meer as twee jaar, meisies van 13, 14 jaar, wat verkracht is, wat te bang is om uit hulle huise uit te kom, want die stelsel laat hulle in die steek. Honorable sê, like they say, the proof of this bill lies in the eating of the pudding. Dit help nie ons kom staan hier so om probeer arrogant wees, en vir die mense sê, ons gaan julle beskerm nie, maar ons laat hulle in die steek, want die administratie is nie net een frustratie nie, die administratie is bezig om een duie te stort. Kry die administratie recht, en dit is die taak van die regering van die dag. Ek dankie. Dankie, honorable member. Honorable Minister. Welkom. House Chairperson, the purpose of the Criminal Law Forensic Procedures Act is to make provision for the full implementation of certain transitional arrangements contained in the Criminal Law Act of 2013 to provide for the enforcement of the obligation to submit to the taking of a buccal sample and to provide for matters connected herewith. Clearly, this bill will add more pressure on SAPS and the forensic science laboratories and on their budget in particular. It is crucial that sufficient resources be allocated for the bill that has been costed at an estimated 78.5 million rands. We were all shocked last year when the DA, DNA backlog reached a staggering 240,000 cases, largely due to under-resourced forensic labs. This resulted in unacceptable delays in finalizing criminal cases, with victims of horrendous rape and murder cases not seeing justice. This cannot be allowed to happen again. The ACDB would like to commend those staff at the forensic labs who have since then worked double shifts to reduce the backlog and are aiming to eradicate it totally. The ACDP would particularly welcome clause 2A that removes the time limitation on the taking of buccal samples from already convicted and imprisoned persons on schedule eight offenses, thus making it possible to ensure that those persons who were previously convicted without any DNA or buccal samples 
taken from them can now have additional charges added to their sentences if buccal samples connect them to other crimes. Clause 2B focuses on convicted Section 8 offenders who refuse consent to have buccal samples taken from them. Subsection 7B allows for an authorized person, police officer in this case, assisted by correctional officials to use minimal force against any person who refuses to submit to the taking of a buccal sample under authority of a warrant. The ACDP believes that the adoption of the Criminal Law Forensic Amendment Bill without any amendments is proof that the Portfolio Committee on Police is convinced that the taking of Google samples for all Schedule 8 offenses is going to drastically increase the number of convictions of all offenders accused and convicted of such crimes within a much shorter time frame. The ACDP will support the bill. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable. Reverend Michel. Honorable Mpangwa. Thank you very much, House Chair. The United Democratic Movement supports the Criminal Law Forensic Procedures Amendment Bill. Uh, South Africans, we have a crisis in, on our hands, and it's important that we have a response that is commentary to the challenges that we face as a country. One example is that SAPS quarterly crime statistics re released in February showed that 11,315 people were raped between October and December 2021. It also shows that uh, women were, over 120 women were raped each day in SA. This is in addition to other violent crimes that we experience on a daily basis as a country that require a response from us as a leadership. The taking of the DNA test is one of the most effective tools in the fight against crime. Therefore, having a mandatory taking of DNA tests, especially for those who are already convicted or are imprisoned, is very vital in terms of trying to identify repeat offenders, assist in successful prosecution of murderers, murderers rather, rapists, and to ensure that unresolved crimes are indeed resolved. It is important that as we make these legislative amendments, that SAPS stations must be adequately equipped with the needed consumables to take the DNA samples. We do not expect a situation where there are prisoners whose DNA samples are not taken due to shortages of resources. We understand, as we make this point, that budgetary allocations have been made in order to ensure that they do not have resource constraints. However, they might need to be reviewed as and when the need arises to ensure that we don't experience the backlogs that we experienced in the past. Makabane Lemeta is very serious. Bendisa Eastern Cape Upper, Kwezi radio stations are Kona, Mvenbago, Kubulewe, Unam Shamtwa. This is one of the questions that our people asked. Ugutilom Teto, Kensex, Ugutisu, Amenda, Ninina, 
ukuze abantu abaninzi ababaleke stratwin bephuma besihlabe senyuka bebulela abantu bebahlwe ngule kuba kungathathwa ngasemples bazokwazi ukuthi babambeke bakwazi ukuseva izigwebo etrungwini ezibafanele nalena ke minimum forces yeyixhasa kodwa ke kufuneka siyiqwala sele kuba kaloku depend ukuthi minimum force ukuthi lo ungafuniwe besenza ntona ye it means once we have evidence empirical evidence of whether it's working we need to be able to say what parameters can we develop in future informed by challenges this is bonai on the ground siyabulela mm-hmm. thank you very much sabonga honorable kwangwa you have a member from good good pass nfp Thank you very much, Chairperson. One of those rare occasions, Chairperson, when all political parties in this beautiful portfolio committee on police came together, put their differences aside, and supported this particular amendment to this bill in the best interest of the country, and particularly our women and children that are raped and murdered. Indeed, I don't want to concentrate on what we should have done and when we ought to have done it, but I think the positive thing is that we have managed to do it, and yes, indeed, it's going to take us forward, no doubt about that. Uh, yes, we, I, I, I want to emphasize on the fact that this bill is implemented only if it is implemented effectively will we reap the benefits of which. Now, we know that South African Police Services does have capacity constraints, financial resource constraints, and I think it is up to this portfolio committee to once again come together to ensure that we support the, uh, uh, the department particularly so that they have the necessary, necessary skills and resources to be able to implement this. Now, previously, remember, at one stage, you were able to take samples until, of course, the process had expired. Uh, and particularly, I think, with the amendment that we have currently, it is not going to be restricted to Schedule 8 offences. But any criminal, and if you look at the statistics that we have, Chairperson, of the number of women who have been raped or whose rights were violated and children and where cases were withdrawn as a result of not getting DNA samples, I think this bill is going to go a long way to prevent that situation. So I think uh, uh, particularly the, uh, uh, the victims in this country must now feel more comfortable and have more confidence that indeed that this bill is going to protect them, is going to provide DNA samples timelessly so that even the courts, uh, the justice system will not withdraw uh, uh, or summarily withdraw many of these cases because of the absence of DNA uh, samples being provided. So yes, indeed, the National Freedom Party uh, 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 wants to thank all members of the committee, the chairperson, the department, and all role players in bringing this together. And indeed, we support it wholeheartedly. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Honourable member, the Honourable Chapter. Thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, we welcome this amendment to the Criminal Law Amendment Act, as the AIC 
It is common cause that violent crimes such as rape, murder, and grievous bodily harm can only be fought through the application of forensic DNA analysis. The bill inserts section 36D, subsection 1 in the Criminal Procedure Act. This section deal, deals with the power, powers in respect of crime scene samples and bodily samples, amongst others. The creation of a national forensic DNA database must ease the current DNA backlog in the South African police service. The spirit of the bill in allowing forensic DNA profiles to be used in crime investigation and court proceedings will certainly aid the work of the police, the NPA, and the judicial system. We are pleased, Honorable Chair, that this amendment also introduces certain amendments to the current Firearms Control Act and Explosives Act, respectively. At the rate at which firearm offenses are being committed, scaling up forensic DNA in this regard is commendable. We equally support the amendment for providing protection of the rights of women and children, children in the taking of DNA uh, samples. We know that there may be concerns about the applicability of the POPIA Act to this amendment. However, we wish to assure members that the POPIA Act doesn't apply in cases where the processing of personal information is in the public interest. However, we wish to remind members that this bill is not a license to violate anyone's personal information. In terms of Section 99 of the POPIA Act, anyone who, whose information has been breached without justification may institute a civil action for damages. We will support this bill, Honorable Chair. I thank you. Thank you, Honorable Member. And Member from Al Jama. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable House Chair. Honorable House Chair Al Jama looks forward to President Ramaphosa signing the amendments uh, as soon as possible, hot on the heels of the other three acts uh, that he has already signed. Uh, to deal with gender-based uh, violence. We have seen a perfect, perfect example of what President Ramaphosa calls a, a social compact, where different political parties uh, in the portfolio committee came together and did what was best for the country. We now have to take the social compact further Many uh, government departments, nearly 40 of them, and their ministers and deputy ministers have, have money available in their budgets to combat gender-based violence. They should allocate some of that money to fund a DNA test, and we know that there is a, a tremendous uh, backlog. We need to get funding for at least 1 million DNA tests going forward. So talking about the social compact, it is also important that the corporate uh, world come to the party and, and, take, uh, and also fund uh, 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 DNA tests and fund uh, more laboratories. 
I don't want to say that every police station uh, must have its own mini laboratory, but uh, that is what we should uh, be striving for so that uh, uh, we can deal with especially uh, gender, gender-based uh, violence. Al-Zama therefore uh, uh, supports a very short amendment that will have a very big impact, uh, Honorable House Chair. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Member. The Honorable NPP Pop, the next. Yes. <laughs> Honorable House Chair, before I can get into what's important that I should prevent, yes, I would like to, to state that whenever we are busy doing something correct for South Africans, we should avoid coming here at the podium to grandstand. What we are doing today it's for the betterment of the South Africans that voted us to be here today. Not to come and ask why Varom, Hukom, so the honor members because the, the best thing that we did was to make sure that this is tabled here today. So before I could get into this is that we need to be very focused on what we are here for to do, not to derail from what we are expected to do. I thank you. Honorable Chairperson, in recent years, we have witnessed the rise of gender-based violence globally and the lockdown in different countries was one event that demonstrated the increase as reported by the United Nations. This is to prove that challenge that are faced by South Africa are not immune from other countries. The Criminal Law Forensic Procedure Amendment Bill is one of those incidents that prove the commitment of the African National Congress. The African National Congress, I, I believe that the Honorable Member Hrunewald is listening. The African National Congress to create a safer community. The, the further proves that we are resolute and unshaken in the fight against gender-based violence. The recent alleged killing of Namsa Mtwa by her boyfriend is one of many incidents that occur in our society and our women and children continue to live in fear. However, the legislative amendment creates fertile space for the strengthening in order to fight against gender-based violence. The Criminal Forensic Procedure Amendment Bill be instrumental in resolving many unresolved criminal cases, in particular the Schedule 8 cases, which include murder and sexual offenses cases. There has been the DNA backlogs over the years, and this was a serious challenge and was a serious setback in the fight against gender-based violence. However, there's a lot of progress made in this regard. And the commitment of South African police service continued to yield positive results as we have witnessed the DNA backlog reduced by 38%, which is a significant drop. The Forensic Amendment Bill will enhance this meaningful progress and with no doubt, the results will improve. 
The provision in the amendment bill, in particular section seven, empowers the police to take the saliva of the people or the person convicted of schedule eight crime for DNA testing to check whether they, they have not been involved in other serious crimes that have not been resolved. This will be to, of great help in ensuring that the backlog continues to, to be reduced and that those responsible should be prosecuted and sentenced. In, this, in the recent budget vote delivered by the Minister of Police, an amount of 50 million has been set aside for the buccal samples and their collection of kids and this is done to ensure that the DNA backlog continue to be reduced and those guilty of this crime should be taken to task. And we are sending a strong, a strong message to the perpetrators of gender-based violence that their days are numbered. And we committed and prepared to do all in our power to create a safe communities for our people. We have witnessed something different about this amendment bill where the different political parties were able to take aside their political differences. Hence, I'm so shocked today with what they've said now. They've said in the portfolio committees, they agreed with us. They said their political differences aside, their ideological differences, but the gender-based violence became a common enemy and all the members of the Police Portfolio Committee unanimously supported the amendment bill. This is one of many efforts that are in place to fight gender-based violence. However, it is the root cause of gender-based violence that must be taken out. The fight against gender-based violence can only be won when, like in this bill, all political parties work together. Civil societies come on board, the private sector play its role, faith-based organizations, the society at large must work together. Women should never fight gender-based violence alone. However, men should be able to be the center of the struggle. The amendment bill will bring everyone together and join hands in the fight against gender-based violence. The amendment bill seeks to prove a new provision to enable section seven of the act, which provides for taking of the person's saliva in the person's mouth in this regard to any person convicted of crime listed in Schedule 8, which is murder, rape, sexual assault, and the sexual offenses committed on children, mentally disabled people as well. This, according to the Act, however, be done within two years from the date of commencement of the Act. However, there was no possible or possibility to extend this period in terms of the act. In the process, the South African police service was not able to process the taking of buccal samples from the convicted offenders within a specified time frame, which was two years. This failure results in several convicted and sentenced people serving their sentence and later being released without having the DNA sample extracted from them. The amendment bill further enhance the South African police service by granting them the authority of getting the DNA samples from the convicted people in the process where offenders refuse. The bill will continue 
or provide an opportunity for South African police service to be able to conclude even other cases. These offenders might have been involved in, but were not convicted for serious cases like murder case. The specified time frame for the taking of buccal sample on the convicted of offenders and refusal by the convicted offenders to taken the DNA samples created difficulties to conclude forensic investigations. This lacuna ne necessitated the amendment and this legislation seeks to regulate the procedural of or the procedural process. In a nutshell, the amendment bill seek to make a new provision for the full implementation of transitional arrangement and contain the act, further provide room for the enforcement and obligations to submit to the taking of the DNA sample. In conclusion, House Chair, the amendment bill has come a long way since its introduction, the amendment bill is progressive as it seeks to ensure that there's justice in the part of amendment bill of the criminal justice system in ensuring that the fight against crime and gender-based violence is strengthened. The amendment bill enhances the forensic investigation process to move more effectively and efficiently. The amendment bill provides measures to collect DNA buccal samples outside within the year of two years actually and provide power to authorize officials to use minimum force in the event of some officers refusing their sample to be taken. The National Development Plan in Chapter 12, which is titled Building Safer Communities, affirms that the African national government ensure that South African people live in safe communities. The NDP provides the vision 2030 of the government and this vision Vision says, in, I quote, in 2030, people living in South Africa feel safe at home, at school, at work, and enjoy community life with no fear. Walking in the streets and children playing outside, close quote. This is the kind of South Africa the South African government is striking towards or striving towards. And this amendment bill is working towards ensuring that this vision become a reality. I thank you. The ANC supports it. Thank you, Honorable Member. The Honorable the Deputy Minister of Police. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Uh, afternoon to members of the House again. Uh, we want to thank uh, members of the committee, in particular the chair and all political parties for having supported the bill. Chair, we also want to commit to the house here that uh, once the bill is assented to as the South African police, we are ready to implement this uh, legislation. It is also important that uh, we should dispel this matter that says uh, the leadership of the South African police is not committed to deal with the challenges that we found within the department. We are committed, led by the minister, together with the national commissioner, to deal with the challenges that are there in the South African police. We will never claim that everything is 100% perfect. There are challenges and we are aware about that and we'll deal 
deal with them accordingly. It was also incorrect to create an impression, Chair, that uh, the Constitution of the Republic of South Africa preclude other members from passing legislation unless if it is the executive. It's very much incorrect. I want to say, Chair, here that it is the same executive that made sure that this piece of legislation serves before the committee and today as the House we are processing, we are processing this. It is true that at the same time, we did have a discussion led by the Department of Home Affairs to ensure that we expand this, form, this tool to include other areas that we work with as government. But it is the same executive that took a decision that we should proceed and not wait for that process to unfold because we thought it is an important piece of legislation to pass and once more, we want to thank all political parties for the support, Chairperson, and thanks for the opportunity. Thank you, Honorable Deputy Minister. Honorable Members, are there any objections to the bill being read a second time? No objections. The Secretary will read the bill a second time. Criminal Law Forensic Procedures Amendment Bill. The bill will be sent to the National Council of Provinces for concurrence. The Secretary will read the third order. Consideration of Report of Portfolio Committee on Higher Education, Science and Innovation on Oversight Visit to Northern Cape. I will now call upon the Honorable Makachwa to introduce the report. Honorable House Chairperson, Honorable Members, Citizens of South Africa, Huyadah. Achbare leaders, weet jy wat? Nee. Ek moet dit nou sê, dat hierdie vijf minuten is nie genoeg nie vir my om vir julle te vertel wat ons alles in die Noordkap gesien het. Ons het vir vijf daar uh, vroeg opgestaan en laat gaan slaap om al hierdie plekke te sien. So what I would like to suggest from the upfront or the onset is that let's take time to read this report in our spare time. I would like to believe that many times in the line of work that we are in, the African proverb which says seeing is different to being told is often very true. Thus we often say and therefore physical oversight becomes very important. Today, honorable members, I want to believe that we as the Portfolio Committee on Higher Education, Science and Innovation across political lines have a very good story to tell. Um, at the beginning of the year, the committee set itself on a five day trek from the very top of the Northern Cape, moving down towards the Western Cape on day one. We started in Kimberley at Salt Lake University, trotting down into the R where we then visited the Northern Cape Royal Team at College and the Northern Cape CET College um, day three, we moved towards the square kilometer array in Carnarvon and then landing in Sutherland on day four and five, where the South African largest telescope is hosted. Our trek ended in the Western Cape, where members, of course, retired to their villages. All in all, over five days, over five days, members covered approximately 1,200 kilometers of oversight, visiting over 10 locations. As we moved from one site to the other, one could only wish 
for all members of this august house to have been part of that oversight. And it's really unfortunate that some members um, of the committee, particularly in the opposition, were not able to um, be part of this oversight visit. So Blakey University for us remains a good story to tell, particularly on, in relation to infrastructure development. Often at times we see that infrastructure is delayed, um, there's horrible workmanship, but in the case of Sol Blaiki, honorable members, um, we see a solid world prize winning building um, or buildings that are named after characters from the writings of Sol Blaiki. And in the words of President Beki, it seems as though we as South Africans in this particular case lived up to the need for us to respond to the call to create for ourselves a glorious future. I say a glorious future because if we say infrastructure is essential in creating a conducive environment for teaching and learning, to harness skills and knowledge for citizens to build themselves a better future, then we must make sure we build more institutions of higher learning like we're doing in Nikuruleni and sustainable institutions like in the case of Soplaiki because Soplaiki University is just that. Equal effort must of course be put into TVET and, and, and CET colleges. Honorable members, we were often told by the DG Mdwaka that there was this amazing project um, called the SKA and the Mirkat, and we often wondered why so much funding was being allocated towards this particular project. And we saw it, honorable members. It, it, it was remarkable to see the type of project that can be done by us as South Africans, by us as Africans. When we see these telescopes, um, that detect sound and we see these telescopes that, uh, that, that they call optical telescopes, we are assured of the fact that in fact in South Africa there is a good story to tell. But what is even more important, I, I knew that I was not going to be able to take you through this oversight visit in the five minutes that I have, but what becomes important is that these optical telescopes that are being worked on we need South African young people to have access to higher education and engineering uh, uh, and astronomy um, studies, which must be offered at Salt Lake University. That must be coupled by TVET uh, students who must be trained to be able to build these massive telescopes. But these young people must come from Carnarvon. They must come from Sutherland because there's no need, Honorable Lizia, for us to bring in skills from outside when we're able to harness our own capacities locally. We must be able to tell a good story that these um, world-renowned telescopes where other countries are coming to host their telescopes in our country because our African skies have a geographic advantage like no other in the rest of the world. It is South African researchers, South African astronomers that are leading in this sector and it must be the young girl and boy from a small town in Sutherland, a young girl and boy from a small town in Carnarvon, a small Dorpi in the Northern Cape that must be able to spearhead these projects. We don't need international to come and lead such amazing projects in our country, honorable members. I, 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 I really don't know. I mean, even rehabilitation. When we were there, our I had to leave the speech. Our colleagues from the NRF said to us, you must invite honorable members to come and see what we are doing here because the tranquility, because you can't have any noise pollution, you can't have any sound pollution, otherwise it will distort the observations that are taking place there. The tranquility there can assist us in rehabilitating young people whose souls have been uh, 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 traumatized by the social collisions that we experience in our country. So even for mental health care, the work that has been done by our scientists in our country can assist us. Honorable members, please go read the report. I will not be able to do justice for it, but indeed in South Africa, led by this democratic government, we have a good story to tell. Thank you so much. Thank you, honorable member.
I will now recognize political parties wishing to make a declaration the opportunity to do so. The usual times for declarations will apply. The DA. Honorable Chair, the oversight commenced at the Solplat University, a state-of-the-art university institution, which is a true beacon of the people of Northern Cape. Being a new institution, we quickly learned of the low intake of students due to inadequate courses. And in fact, they have a very limited number of courses offered in this institution. It was then proposed that the staff component be increased in line with growth trajectory of student intake and even venture into health sciences, which could solve the intake challenges. What was also concerning was of the national application for NSFAS. Only 1% of NSFAS applicants were from Northern Cape. We therefore asked NSFAS to embark on advocacy and outreach program that, around the Northern Cape to educate learners and members of the public, as well as troubleshoot challenges faced by NSFAS applicants. We are also concerned about the mandatory vaccination that the institution was going to impose to all students at the beginning of this year. And we advise the university to take a consensus with students where necessary in order for them to continue with either hybrid and blended learning where possible. Honorable Chair, as we all know, the financial exclusion of the missing middle issue spans throughout our universities. And this institution is not immune to financial exclusion for registration of returning students. As a democratic alliance, we believe there's a need for a revised policy that is inclusive to address missing middle crisis. Honorable members, we also proceeded to visit a rural NCR TVET college. At this TVET, we informed of late payments of NFAS funding, NSFAS funding and allowances and how this contributes to dropout at the college. This is of great concern as it impacts on the development of the community and perpetuates poverty and unemployment in the province. In addition, NSFAS funding guidelines for transport does not take into consideration the vastness of the province and therefore made no provision for traveling beyond 40 kilometers. And the geographical span of communities away from the college is on average between 60 to 70 kilometers. And this highlights the accommodation needs for these students. We also visited the Northern Cape Community Education and Training College. We're extremely disturbed by the lack of physical infrastructure and lack of unqualified uh, teachers and how the budget allocation did not accommodate the upkeep of the buildings. And furthermore, we moved on to the South African Astronomy Observatory, which is the SKA Meerkat site in Carnarvon, and also at the facility of the South African Astronomical Observatory in Sutherland. As a committee, we applauded the work that is done at this site, and especially their socioeconomic impact was for me the most outstanding. For instance, at the Clarefontaine support base from which the engineering activities and operation of Sarao are managed, Sarao, Sarao uh, facilities, facilitates skills development across various disciplines, including the Carnaval Primary School, where it provides bursaries to learners that have shown an aptitude of mathematics and science and also introduced coding and robotics. It was also encouraging to see how children with fetal alcohol syndromes 
are included and participating in this program. Honorable Chair, I don't think there is enough focus on the fetal alcohol syndrome. South Africa has the highest prevalence rate in the world. And to see programs like this being inclusive of the children who are in numbers in this area was encouraging, but more needs to be done by this government to curb this preventable condition. We also learned of the team of SAWU who run the large telescope, who are the most effective in the world, both in terms of construction cost and operation cost. What we also learned is that SAWU managed to hire a mess teacher for a primary school with their limited budget and provide a life science lab, lab at the same school and a community center in town. What we also learned was a lack of social workers, a nurse at the local clinic, a doctor, and also the close, at the closest hospital, which this is, this is in Sutherland. Uh, that's where, we, where, where our final uh, oversight was. We discovered that there's not uh, a social worker, there's no nurse, there's no doctor. And also the closest hospital is miles away and patients have to travel, travel, travel on a gravel, which will take them long to get to the hospital. We'd like to urge the minister to collaborate with his colleagues to address the inefficiencies in the delivering of uh, these services. It was indeed an eye-opening and I have to agree that a lot had to be learned out of Northern Cape. And it was truly an eye-opening for all of us. I thank you. Thank you, Honorable Member. The EFF. Thank you very much, House Chair. Uh, House Chair, the EFF has noted the report on the oversight visit to the Northern Cape. As a province that once stood as a beacon of mineral wealth extraction, which was stolen by those who continue to oppress us, the Northern Cape presents a useful opportunity to leverage local community development and agriculture. The work that is being done at Salt Lake University, where we see a concerted effort to integrate the institution into the agricultural and a revival of the once booming diamond, is actually commendable. There must be a deliberate effort to explore any remaining possibilities of access to minerals in the province, and the university must therefore create programs related to mining and engineering. The university's building of a sports field with synthetic grass, the teaching and learning facilities, and the state of its residences is reflective of an institution that is fighting to be on par with the rest of the universities in the country. True to form, however, there will always be a dark lining in this sector, and that is a result of the neglect in the TVET sector. The teaching and learning environment leaves much to be desired at places such as Northern Cape Rural TVET and CET colleges. The poor administration and financial management of TVET colleges is as endemic in that college. The college spent 120% of its budget for 2020. However, it achieved only 30% of its targets. The question then becomes, what was that significant amount of the money of the budget spent on? The college's dropout rate stood at 56% for the NCV and 41% for the native business studies, respectively. This is because there is simply no conducive environment for academic success. It is on this basis that we say we cannot endorse this report because that would, be, that would perpetuate an endorsement of the separate development between TVET colleges and universities, which will undermine any agenda towards industrialization and skills development. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Member. The IFP. The IFP. Honorable Chairperson, the oversight 
visits to Northern Cape has shown us that they are cross-cutting and common problems. Honorable member, honorable member, yes, you sir. cannot display your party colors in the background with the faces of your leaders. If you cannot switch it off or remove it, then I suggest you simply turn off your screen. Uh, Thank you. Honorable Chairperson, the oversight visit to Northern, Northern Cape has shown us that there are cross-cutting and common problems with the NSFAS team. Yet it remains a very important strategic tool for the development of our public education systems. While we recognize that NSFAS has, according to the report, made some headways in, in assisting students troubleshooting the application process, we are concerned by the scales of complaints that, are, that we, we are receiving as to this problem. Many students still have outstanding fees from last year, which affect their promotions and registration fee for, for the next coming year. NSFAS office remains largely inaccessible to the public. And as, as the, the IFP, we share the, their same frustration. Once again, it cannot be acceptable that the students and parents who bear the burden of non-payment of issues by the NSFAS, this impacts their progress, progression in terms of completing their studies in, in allotted timeframes. For many students, Progressing from studies into workplace cannot come sooner as they, as this household are dependent in the in the income from eaten family members. We urge Minister of Higher Education to reconsider its budget allocation toward the NSFAS entity in order to upgrade their, their systems in order to improve their payment processes. Additionally, further is the, the business system needs to be implemented, such as an online chat system and step-by-step -step submissions where errors can be made clear to applicants. In terms of staff managing this system must be sufficiently trained with the quarterly reporting measures in place to improve this service by the NSFAS. The IFP support the report. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you, Honorable Member. The FF Plus.
in Williston is die SKA'se invloed op die boerderijgemeenskap uitgelig. Met die aanvang van die project is beloofd dat die inpak op boerderij baie klein sou wees, maar met die tijd het geblijk dat meer as 130.000 hektar aangekoop en geheel en al uit productie gehaal moes word. Vergoeding vir die grond was billik, maar om langs die SKA te boer, is nie makkelijk nie. Probleem dieren sal eers beheer word wanneer sandparke die terrein bestuur, maar eers moet die SKA heining oprig. In februari is het aangebied as iets wat op hande is, maar tot dusver is nog nie een pal geplant of het raad gespan nie. Communicatie is nog een probleem. Die vereiste radiostilte veroorzaak dat selfoontorings afgeskakel moet word, maar die plaasvervangers is nog nie gereed nie. Die komitee was getuie van die SKA's arrogante houding teen oorboere, Terwijl een boer sy ervaring gedeel het, het die SKA's stakeholder manager om probeer stilmaak. In a commendable intervention, the chairperson defended the farmer's right to be heard. When the manager responded, he asserted that neither the farmer nor I should be present. Again he was overruled. The road to Sutherland had its theme song, Never Ending Story. Dit was echter die moeite werd, en het was een voordig om te sien hoe die sterrenwag in Sutherland wereldklas werd doen maar ook in die gemeenskap betrokken is. Telkens is gesê, een dag moet die kind van Sutherland aan die hoof van hierdie sterrenwag staan, soos die voorzitter ook aangeduid het. Die verslag is elke raad weergave van die oorzichtbezoek en die VF Plus ondersteun dit. Baie dankie. Dankie, honderdwe member, die ACDP. Thank you, Haasje. Haasje, the ACDP did not participate in this oversight report, but we have studied it and we welcome the report. It's always very good to see the progress with a university, in this case the Solfaiki University, and we understand the financial constraints facing the university, but we do look forward, as other speakers have indicated, to new faculties being open to accommodate a more diversity of student uh, avenues and possibly even, as was referred to, a health um, medical facility faculty as well. We also appreciate the concerns that were expressed about the NISFAS funding uh, for deserving students, and this clearly is an issue which must be addressed, given the fact that there are many, many poor communities in the Northern Cape. So, person, we, from ACDP, we share the concerns about the policy of mandatory vaccinations for any students and believe that reasonable accommodation for those students who do not wish for religious, health, or any reasons to be vaccinated must and should be implemented. The ACDP also appreciates the visit to the SKA telescope project, and we also appreciate the concerns. We appreciate the fact that the committee allowed various concerns to be expressed from the farming community in that regard as well. We would like to express our gratitude to the committee for this very effective oversight work and support this report. I thank you. Thank you, Honorable Member. The UDM. The ATM. Good. The NFP. The AIC. Chairperson, the AIC was not part of the this oversight a, a visit. But uh, we are convinced that the committee did a good job. We therefore welcome and support the, the, the report. Thank you. 
Thank you. The PAC, Al Jama. Uh, thank you very much, Honorable House Chair. It is so very nice uh, to hear that Parliament visits the Northern Cape and areas like Kimberley, where uh, the first political party was established in Kimberley, which led to the establishment later on of uh, the African uh, National Congress. It is nice to hear the name of Saul Plaki. Uh, maybe the telescope should have been named uh, after him. So we would like, al would like to thank uh, the Portfolio Committee uh, for the visit and reporting back to Parliament. Uh, we have uh, nine provinces in the country and it is nice to hear uh, portfolio committees uh, visiting all of these provinces. And uh, now a visit has been made to the Northern Cape, which we really appreciate. Thank you very much, Honorable House Chair. Thank you, Honorable Member. The ANC. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, Tashi. Good, good. <clears throat> um. you, you make me blush. <clears throat> the House Chair, an integral part of our um, parliamentary responsibilities to ensure that we play an evidence-based oversight over the executive and implementation progress by the government. This is important because it enables the portfolio committee to respond to challenges affecting the sector, drawing from lived realities of the students, the workers, and management of this institution to enhance cooperative governance <clears throat> where weak relations exist. Our oversight visit to the Northern Cape to assess readiness for the 2022 academic year to ensure a smooth beginning of the academic year and to ensure our institutions have the required resources and support to enable the success of the students. During our visit, <clears throat> we received a presentation from the Department of Higher Education on the readiness of the post-schooling um, post and education sector for the year. We must state that the academic year 2022 was one of the most peaceful admissions period to date. <clears throat> Um, and we should acknowledge the efforts of the department for continuously engaging with different stakeholders in our institutions. The students, the workers, uh, and school organizations should continue to engage with various stakeholders and institutional management to support the smooth functioning of the universities, while management should also play a proactive role. <clears throat> the Northern Cape is one of the vastest vast a province with high levels of unemployment and poverty. The province has a significant backlog of social infrastructure and equitable access to basic services. The oversight visit to the Solplaki University demonstrated the strides and significant progress of the democratic, democratic, uh, democratic government in expanding the higher, the higher education landscape and ensuring the special distribution of universities across the nine provinces. As the NC, <clears throat> we're pleased and elated by the beauty of that campus in the middle of the city of Kimberley. 
the open university concept in a city demonstrate the practicality of making universities accessible to the, to the public. We commend the massive infrastructure development project of the university, of the university, which are contemporary and creative. We have recommended that the university consider expanding its qualification offering by establishing an, an engineering faculty and astronomy to support the innovation and engineering skills needed in the province and indeed in the country. The establishment of universities and, and TVETs is an urgent task of the NC government to, ex, to expand access to ensure that the majority of South African youth can gain skills and knowledge to contribute to the socio-political aspect of society and economic development. <clears throat> and an area of concern as raised by the vice chancellor of that university was the risk of financial sustainability. The institution has budgetary deficit. This necessitates the need for the institution to expand its debt stream income and other revenue generating mechanism to develop a university with financial sustainability. In the context of NSFAS, the potential negative impact of their decision uh, by NSFAS to stop allocating upfront payment to institutions due to inadequate funding uh, and post-funding reconciliation challenges. The Portfolio Committee also focused on science and innovation as the Portfolio Committee Chair would have taken us through, went to SALT went and saw a 1.9 meter optical telescope at the Sutherlands Observatory Polar 2. And these uh, advances, scientific advances and capabilities of the nation are our pride and should have local, we also said they should have a local impact uh, in the Northern Cape, in the country and globally. One of the major issues we have there uh, is what the Honorable Boshoff uh, was trying to talk about, uh, stakeholder management. Uh, and we've asked them, uh, uh, our, our colleagues there, to try and deal with that part. The NC, NCRT colleges, college that we visited in DR, uh, where on our way we picked up Honorable Boshoff there in, uh, in his country, uh, called, uh, uh, yeah, that one, Orania. Uh, we went to NCR Tivet College. Uh, the, the, the big challenge we have with NCR, uh, NCR College is that they spend 120% of their budget and they only achieve 30% of their targets. And Honorable Chirwa uh, stands here and say we are not uh, funding uh, we're not putting enough money, enough money on, you know, as if throwing money at Tibet colleges will solve the problem. The problem here is capacity, Honorable Chirwa. We ought to fix, uh, you can't spend 120% of your budget uh, and only achieve 30%. And when now you come here and say you reject because there's no money, just poor money, our, uh, take us serious as well. <clears throat> the dropout rate at that institution is 56% of the NCV dropout and 41% of the native uh, uh, study. So there's a problem of leadership in that institution. And we have also asked the department uh, to look uh, into strengthening the leadership aspect of it. We are pleased by the integrated approach in ensuring that 
uh, they support local schools and other institutions within the province. Uh, the SAO and the NRF refurbished laboratories have bo at both the Rochefel Primary School and Sunderland sold as fully funded an employment of a mathematics teacher for the two schools in Sunderland, uh, something that we're very happy with. Welcome the researchers with the uh, uh, doctorate uh, degrees working at SAO uh, who, are, who are there. And I think maybe um, it's also good to... to to uh, chair to see that all political parties, including those I personally think are problematic, have supported the, 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 the report and welcome that. Uh, it's only one uh, who continues to just come here. We reject, we reject. Honorable member, your time is now expired. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank you very much. I now recognize the Honorable Chief Whip of the Majority Party. Thank you, Honorable Host Chairperson. I move that the report be adopted. Motion is that the report be adopted. Are there any objections? No objections agreed to. The Secretary will read the fourth order. Decision of question on report of Portfolio Committee on Higher Education, Science and Innovation on Oversight Visit to Stellenbosch University. Order, order Honorable Members. Honorable Papu, I'm going to request the Secretary to read the order again. You were not paying attention. And I could hardly hear what he said. Decision of question on report of Portfolio Committee on Higher Education, Science and Innovation on Oversight Visit to Stellenbosch University. Honorable members, I wish to remind you that this matter was debated in a mini plenary, but the decision thereon can only be taken in a full plenary. This is also the case for the other decisions of questions the House will decide on when we consider orders five to seven. I now recognize the Honorable Chief of the Majority Party. Honorable House Chairperson, thank you. I move that the report be adopted. The motion is that the report be adopted. Are there any objections? Yes, Honorable Chairperson. Yes. Honorable Chairperson, please note the objection of the Freedom Front Plus. Thank you. It's noted. Any further objections? There's no further objections. The report is thus agreed to. The Secretary will read the fifth order. Decision of question on report of Portfolio Committee on Higher Education, Science and Innovation on Commission for Gender Equality report on follow-up hearings on gender transformation at tertiary institutions, 2019 to 2020. I now recognize the Honorable Chief of the Majority Party. Honorable House Chairperson, thank you. I move that the report be noted. The motion is that the report be noted. Are there any objections? No objections agreed to. The Secretary will read the sixth order. Decision of question on report of Portfolio Committee on Trade and Industry on Public Protector Report number 37 of 2018 to 19 on a systemic investigation into allegations of illegal convention of, of goods carrying Toyota quantum panel vans into passenger carrying minibus taxis to transport members of the public for reward. I now recognize the Honorable Chief of the Majority Party. Thanks, Honorable House Chairperson. I move that the report be adopted. The motion is that the report be adopted. Are there any objections? No objections agreed to. The Secretary will read Chairperson. the seventh order. Yes, Honorable Member. Chairperson, please note the objection of the FF Plus. On which order is that, Honorable Member? Uh, the Public Protector Report, uh, Trading Industry. The objection is noted, but the report has already been agreed to.
The secretary will read the seventh order. This decision of question on report of portfolio committee on agriculture, land reform and rural development on oversight receipt to pay to perishable products export control board and district six Western Cape province on 29 March and 1 April, 2022. I now recognize the honorable chief whip of the majority party. Honorable house chairperson, I move that the report be adopted. The motion is that the report be adopted. Are there any objections? No objections agreed to. We now come to motions without notice. Does any member of the ANC wish to give a motion without notice? The ANC? Yes, Honorable Chairperson. Uh, I hereby move on behalf of the ANC that in this next sitting, the House debates strengthening our disaster. Honorable uh, Kaza? Yes, Honorable Yes. Uh, my apologies. Let, let, let me just repeat. We are now with motions without notice. We're going to get notice of motion. Okay. The motion without notice, Honorable Papu. African National Congress moved without notice that the House notes with shock and with sadness the passing of the legendary gospel singer Dr. Deborah Fraser on, on Sunday, 15th May 2022, after battling a short illness understands that 50, the 56-year-old multi-award-winning artist has been unwell and has not been active in the industry for some time. Calls that Dr. Fraser has been in the music industry since 1985, first as a back, backup artist and later released a much-loved album, Abanye Bazombona, in the year 2000 and sold more than 1 million copies. Further recalls that she won the first SABC Crown Gospel Music for Best Female Artist as well as a Summer and Metro Award for Best Gospel Album and a Cora Award for Best Gospel Artist. Remembers that they, she obtained a doctorate in, of philosophy at the Trinity International Bible University in October 2021 and conveys his heartfelt condolences to the Fraser family and friends in the music industry. Thank you. If there are no objections, I put the motion. No objections agreed to. The DA? Thank you very much, Mr. House Chair. I hereby move on behalf of Democratic Alliance that this House notes that on the 20th of May, 2022, the main substation feeding the town of Springs burnt down, leaving 200,000 people without electricity. Further notes that it took the Ekurleni municipality just five days to build a temporary substation and restore power to the affected areas. Three, recalls that it often took much longer for electricity faults to be fixed in Ekurleni in the past. Four, acknowledges the progress that the Ekuruleni municipality has made in focusing on the needs of its residents and delivering services faster and more efficiently. And five, commends the executive mayor of the Ekuruleni municipality, Ms. Tanya Campbell, MMC Sendi Sebeko, and all of the engineers and technicians of the Ekuruleni municipality for building an entire substation in five days to ensure that 200,000 people were not lived without electricity for a prolonged period. I so move. If there are no objections, I put the motion. Chair. Yes. And take note of objection of the ANC. Objection is noted. And the motion is thus not agreed to. The EFF. The EFF. The ANC. Chairperson. 
the African National Congress. I'll come back to you, Honorable Member. I've already called the EFF. The ANC is now on the floor. I'll come back to you. The ANC. Okay, thank you. The African National Congress moves without notice that the House knows the legendary actress, singer, and producer Temin Charlie Jones has been honored by the Durban University of Technology with an honorary doctorate in virtual and performing arts degree in the virtual autumn graduation on Monday, the 16th of May, 2022. Remembers that Mama. Jones, who as Man Globe on ETV drama in Beu, the seat, has dedicated decades of groundbreaking achievements and contributions to show for her dedicated dedication and talent. It recalls that her long and accomplished television career includes staring in the popular sitcoms Good is Nice and Stockfell, which was nominated for an International Emmy in 2004, acknowledges that she will join other legends such as Joseph Chabalala and Welcome Zimande, among others, who also received the same award from duty and congratulates Dr. Timbunjali Jones for his incredible award for this incredible award and expresses its gratitude to duty for recognizing her talent. Thank you, I so move. If there are no objections, I put the motion. No objections agreed to. The EFF. Thank you, Chairperson. I rise on behalf of the Economic Freedom Fighters uh, to note the dilapidated state of Toyando Town in Tulamela local municipality in Mpopo. The town is filled with litter of paper and plastic everywhere. There's no facilities for the public to throw away litter as dustbins have collapsed. Public toilets don't have work and the whole town is, in a, is a health hazard. Recognize that such state of dilapidated town is not only a health hazard, but also a conducive place for criminal to operate with free will. Further recognize that the failure of the local municipality to build internal capacity has resulted in such state of disaster. We call on civil society in the area, residents of Toyando and nearby areas and all stakeholders to convene an urgent meeting to find solution to the disaster of litter. Further call on the Committee of Forestry, Fisheries and the Environment to develop an oversight plan to visit towns and take stock of the state of litter and pollution. I saw more, thank you. Thank you. If there are no objections, I put the motion. Chairperson, no the objection of the ANC. It's an objection. The motion is not supported. The IFP. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson. On behalf of the Encounter Freedom Party, I move that the House, one, notes that a multi-vehicle collision occurred on the N3 between Peter Brown, Peter Brown Drive and the Chatterson Road off-ramp in Peter Maritzburg in the early hours of Saturday, May 28th. Further notes that according to reports, 10 vehicles were involved in the horrific crash after the driver of a truck lost control of the vehicle when the wheels on the right side of the truck came off, which resulted in the vehicle overturning onto the center embankment, acknowledges that, also, uh, that a total of 29 people that we know of were killed in three separate crashes this past weekend alone. 16 in Peter Maritzburg, nine on the N3 between Heidelberg and Villiers, and four when two cars collided head-on the R25 between Verena and Denilton in Apumalanga. Further acknowledge that the 16 fatalities in the Peter Maritzburg incident are believed to have been passengers 
in a minibus taxi en route from Johannesburg to Harding, extends its deepest condolences to those families affected by these accidents, as well as a speedy recovery to those injured, and finally calls on the government to conduct a thorough investigation in the circumstances surrounding these gruesome incidents and implement safety measures to ensure that our roads are safe for travel. I so move. Thank you. Thank you. If there are no objections, I put the motion. No objections agreed to. The FF plus. Thank you, House Chair. Um, I hereby move on behalf of the FF plus that this house notes regardless of its challenges, South Africa is a country blessed with talented and creative people and innovations that contributed throughout the world. Further notes that the world's first heart transplant was performed in 1967 in Cape Town by Dr. Chris Barnard and his team, and that the CAT scan or computed axial tomography was developed in Cape Town by physicist Alan Cormack and his associate Gordon Hounsfield, which resulted in a Nobel Prize in psychology and medicine. Also notes minimal oil reserves led to the establishment of the South African Coal, Oil and Gas Corporation, better known as SASL, the world's first and largest oil from, from, from coal refinery. Acknowledges that the Creepy Crawly vacuum pool cleaner was invented by Ferdinand Javier from Springs in Gauteng. Patley Patty was invented by George Pratley of Krugersdorp which substance played a part in the success of the moon landing in 1969 by holding the bits of Apollo landing craft together. We all know the dolos, which are large shaped concrete blocks weighing up to 20 tons designed to break up wave action and protect harbor walls, also designed by a South African. She also notes that Porsche Mavugu was the inventor of the paratube, a retrofitted seat in the, uh, giving independence and dignity to disabled people, and Musa Maloleka developed the Dishe Shoe, is a special African soccer boot brand with innovative features. Notes that in South Africa, 54.8% of industrial enterprises were innovative, compared to 41.5% on the European Union. That the House acknowledges that in a low-growth environment, innovation can play a critical role to create jobs to increase productivity and improve the lives of the poor through providing better products, and that Freedom Front Plus salutes South African inventors. I so move. Thank you, Chair. I now put the motion. Are there any objections? No objections agreed to. Honorable members and the whips of parties, please remind your members that you only have one minute and 30 seconds to move a motion without notice. The ACDP, or sorry, the ANC, the ANC. Thank you, Honorable House Chair. The African National Congress moved without notice that uh, the House, note that uh, the media veteran and SAPC Morning Live presenter, Lien Manans, was awarded the French National Order of Merit by French Embassy for her long-standing contribution to the journalism, media, and various important uh, charitable causes. Further note that uh, Manas was bestowed with uh, the honor during a ceremony on behalf of French President Mac Emmanuel Macron at the French Embassy on Tuesday, 17 May, 2022. 
remember that Chair Lien has interviewed an impressive range of public figures, head of state and local and international celebrities over the last two decades. Further remembers that uh, she has anchored some of most important milestones in this country's history. Acknowledge, acknowledges that uh, this recognition celebrates and highlights Lian's talent and con continuous passion for news and congratulate Lian Manas on her prestigious award and appreciate her enormous contribution to the media industry. I so move. If there are no objections, I put the motion. No objections agreed to. The ACDP. Thank you, House Chair. House Chair, I move on behalf of the African Christian Democratic Party that the House notes that this month marks 10 years since the decision for South Africa and Australia to host the Square Kilometre Array, SKA, the International Radio Astronomy Project, which on completion will be the, the world's largest radio telescope. Two notes that South Africa is going to host the mid-frequency array of the SKA telescope in the Northern Cape, where 133 more dishes will be added to the existing 64-dish Neocat telescope. Notes that South African companies and the South African Radio Astronomy Observatory will benefit immensely from the procurement contracts for the SKA telescopes and notes that other benefits of the SKA project as astronomy in Africa has seen a growth spurt that is providing career opportunities for young students interested in sciences and engineering with 2,000 bursaries having been granted over the past 15 years, mainly through the SKA bursary program and the National Astronomy and Space Science Program for undergraduate and postgraduate studies in astrophysics, data science, engineering, and artisanal skills, and lastly, commends all public and private sector role players involved in the SKA project these past 10 years and wishes them well in the successful completion of the SKA project. I thank you. Thank you. If there are no objections, I put the motion. No objections agreed to. The UDM. ATM. DA. The DA. The EFF. It's the EFF. Oh. The DA? House Chair, I hereby move on behalf of the Democratic Alliance that this House notes that Bellini Naidu Engelbrecht is an inspirational South African woman who has designed the world's first range of Braille clothing to enable sight-impaired people to buy their own clothes without assistance. Notes that she was inspired by watching her uncle's dignity being eroded as he battled to pick out his own clothing for himself when he lost his sight. Notes that she began designing a clothing range incorporating colors, sizes, washing instructions and style descriptions crafted in braille and woven into the, into the garments. 
ensuring sight-impaired people can choose their own clothes instead of relying on others to do it for them. Notes that 32% of South Africans suffer from sight disabilities, 57% are women, and 23 are aged between 15 and 13. And 36 notes that Bellini Naidu Engelbrecht has registered a business and wants to train other young designers to manufacture garments that make a difference in society. Notes that she makes bespoke garments, but to date cannot find investors as the costs of these items are extremely high. Calls on the Department of Small Business Development to assist her to realize her dream of manufacturing these clothes here and assist her to open an academy to train designers in Saldana Bay to manufacture braille clothes in South Africa. I so move. If there are no objections, I put the motion. No objections, agreed to. The EFF. The ANC. Um, thank you very much, House Chair. The African National Congress moves without notice that the House notes with deep sadness the passing of Dr. Notes with sadness, the passing of Dr. Namane Machau, who passed away in Johannesburg on the 20th of May, 2022, following a brief illness. Further notes that she was an ardent scholar and obtained her doctorate from Harvard University, where she also served on its board of educational review. Acknowledges that she was a specialist in human resources, education, and women's development, and served in various capacities and roles for several well-regarded institutions, which included the Council for Scientific and Industrial Research, the South African Broadcasting Corporation, and the former University of Durban Westville, now um, referred to as UKZN. Further acknowledges that she also participated in the development of national strategies, such as the Reconstruction and Development Program of the South African's democratic transition. Believes that we have lost a true patriot, a stateswoman, an ethical leader, rigorous intellectual, a seasoned media administrator, an accomplished banker, gender and environmental activist, and conveys its heartfelt condolences to her family, friends, and colleagues. Thank you, House Chair. Thank you. If there are no objections, I put the motion. No objections agreed to. Good. The NFP. The ANC. Chairperson. Thank you, House Chair. ANC. The African National Congress moves without notice that the House notes with sadness the passing on of one of the multi-award winning South African stage and TV actor Jamie Bartlett at the age of 55 years on Tuesday, 24th of May. Further notes that the actor was most well known for his role as TV Valiant's Make O'Reilly in Isidingo on SABC3, David Gennaro in Rhythm City on ETV and as a judge on SA's Got Talent on ETV acknowledges that his first major role was in the U.S. film American Ninja 2, the confrontation in 1987 before making numerous appearances in both international and local films. 
further acknowledged that most of Bartlett's theater work happened at the Market Theater where he appeared on stage in 1986's Cock and Bull story, portraying a gay boxer and which won him a vital award for most promising actor. And a year later in 1987, he won the Vista Best Actor Award for his Market Theater role in the satire East. Believes that his passing brings an end to a remarkable career in the entertainment industry and conveys its condolences to his family and friends. I so move. If there are no objections, I put the motion. No objections agreed to. The AIC. I hereby move without notice on behalf of the African Independent Congress that this house notes a court challenge by little structural uh, development, setting aside a 38 million forfeiture order granted by the SIU Special Tribunal. That the house structural development had been involved in the housing health department's PPE contract, which was flagged as irregular by the SIU. Further apprised the House that little structural uh, development is linked to Tandy Siswe Digo, the late husband of former presidential spokesperson Kuselo Digo. Records that 38.7 million was forfeited to the state from little following irregularity findings by the SIU. Shocked that little is appealing this order through challenging the powers of the tribunal, informs this house that this challenge could set a bad precedent for the work of the tribunal going forward, calls upon the house to support the work of the SIU and its relevant bodies in uprooting corruption. I so move. If there are no objections, I put the motion. Chair, please note the objection of the ANC. Objection is noted. Cope, the ANC. Chairperson. Thank you, thank you, Chairperson. Oh, Honorable Khadebe, we already have a member of the ANC on the floor here in the chamber. All right. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, House Chair. The African National Congress moves without notice that the House knows that with sadness the passing on of Singwa. Namsa Mtwa, who was shot nine times outside her home in Mtata on the 21st of April 2020, while returning from work, believes that the 34-year-old Namsa, who worked for the OR Tambo municipality, was reportedly uh, trying to live an abusive relationship when unknown men rained the bullets on her condemns the high rate of violence in the country against women and children, trusts that law enforcement authorities will take all the necessary steps in their investigation and bring the perpetrators to book, and conveys condolences to the family and friends of Namsa Mutwa. I thank you, Chief. If there are no objections, I put the motion. No objections, agree to. The DA. On behalf of the Democratic Alliance, I hereby move that this House notes that the Western Cape government launched the 2022 cycle 
of its SMME booster fund last Thursday, 26 May, making available 16 million rand for distribution to selected organizations that deliver training programs on business, uh, business, development, business development supports and access to markets for SMMEs. Further notes that since the first iteration of the SMME Booster Fund in 2019, the fund has allocated 59 million rand in funding and supported 730 SMMEs in the Western Cape. Acknowledges that with its targeted support programs and by making it easier to do business in the province, the Western Cape government is helping entrepreneurs and small businesses to enhance the sustainability and success of rural, urban, township-based youth and people with disabilities and women-owned SMEs in the province, affirms that the job of governments is to make it easier for the private sector, especially small businesses, to create jobs, as stated by President Ramaphosa in his 2022 SONA address, congratulate the Western Cape government for setting a benchmarking example of how a capable and innovative provincial government can support small businesses and place job creation as the number one item on its agenda. I so move. There are no objections. I put the motion. Can we note the objection of the ANC? There's an objection. The motion falls away. The PAC, order honorable members. The PAC. Al Jama. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable House Chair. Al Jama moves without notice that the House notes that the National Child Protection Week started on the 29th of May until the 5th of June 2022 and is commemorated in South Africa every year to raise awareness of the rights of children. Acknowledges that 90% of South African children do not report incidents of sexual abuse. Further acknowledges that African children and women live in constant fear daily from violent crime, sexual abuse, and kidnappings. Understands there is an urgent need for social economic intervention and programs. Further understands that the discriminatory clauses in the Maintenance Act, which put women and children at a disadvantage and favors men, are contributing factors to child neglect and increasing poverty among children. It recognizes government's swift and efficient interventions to keep children safe in places of learning, public spaces, and in their homes, and understands that much more is to be done, and this is on the radar. I so move. If there are no objections, I put the motion. No objections agreed to. The ANC. Thank you very much, uh, House Chair. The African National Congress moves without notice that the House notes with shock and sadness the untimely passing of the former Johannesburg Mayor Mpomuerana on Wednesday, the 18th May 2022. Further notes that Mpomuerana has been at the Net Mill Park Hospital in Johannesburg for more than a week after sustaining some serious injuries in a car accident. Recalls that Muerano was elected mayor in October 2021 with only 30 days until the end of the term of office as the seat was preparing for municipal elections. Remember that he served in the ANC structures for many years and was the regional treasurer. Further remembers that he was leading the ANC caucus in the city of Johannesburg after the polls last year. Acknowledges that he was an entrepreneurial 
multi-skilled leader who placed his talents and creative energy at the disposal of the citizens of Johannesburg and convinced its heartfelt condolences to the Wiwarani family, friends, and the ANC. I so move, Honorable Chair. If there are no objections, I put the motion. No objections agreed to. That concludes motions without notice. The last item on the order paper is notices of motion. Does any member of the ANC wish to give a notice of motion? The ANC. Uh, yes, Honorable Chairperson. I hereby move on behalf of the ANC that in its next sitting, the House debates strengthening our disaster prevention and emergency services to improve their numbers and capacity to deal with more intense and more frequent crises. So I move. The DA. Thank you, House Chair. On behalf of the Democratic Alliance, I hereby move that at its next sitting, this House debates the current condition of bus rapid transit in 13 of our largest cities, as well as the reasons for the huge disparity in service supply to the public, given that these cities have received more than 45 billion rands in funding since 2005. I so move. The EFF. The ANC. Uh, Honorable Chairperson, I move, uh, I hereby move on behalf of the ANC that in its next sitting, the House debates upholding and building unity across all sections of South African society. So I move. The IFP. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. On behalf of the Inkata Freedom Party, I hereby give notice that I shall move at the next seating of this House that this House debates the recent spate of violent crimes committed around the country, together with a concern that our police personnel are not being adequately equipped with the skills and tools to provide the necessary service to the public. I so move. Thank you, Speaker. Thank you. The FF Plus. Thank you. I hereby give notice on behalf of the Freedom Front Plus that at the next sitting of the House, I will move that the House debates the obstacles to economic growth caused by the ANC government and its failed ideological policies. I so move. The ANC. Thank you, Honorable House Chair. I hereby move on behalf of the ANC that in its next sitting, the House debate transform, transforming the ICT sector at all levels. I so move. The ACDP. Thank you, House Chair. On behalf of the ACDP, noting the increasing theft in illegal sale of copper cables in South Africa and the detrimental effect this has on lives, livelihoods, and the economy, moves that at its next sitting, this House debates legislative and other interventions to mitigate continued damage to our infrastructure caused by the theft and illegal sale of copper cables. I so move. The UDM, the ATM, the DA. The, the DA. House Chair, 
I hereby move on behalf of the Democratic Alliance that at its next sitting, this House debates the failure of the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy to deliver a working, transparent mining cadastral uh, system. I so move. The EFF. The ANC. Thank you, House Chair. House Chair. Yes, EFF. Thank you, Chair. Chair, I hereby move on behalf of the EFF that in its next setting, the House debates how ANC economic policies has destroyed our fishing communities along the South African coastline. The ANC. Thank you, House Chair. I hereby move on behalf of the ANC that in, the, in its next seat, in the House debates, ensuring food security for poor families and maintaining food security for South Africans as a whole. I so move. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Good. The NFP, the ANC. Thank you, Chair. I here move on behalf of the ANC that in its next seating, the House debates addressing food insecurity through promoting sustainable farming practices. I so move, Chair. Thank you. The AIC. Cope. The ANC. Thank you, House Chair. Order, Honourable Members. The ANC. Thank you, House Chair. I hereby move on behalf of the ANC that in its next sitting, the House debate intensifying uh, interventions to support tourism industry. I thank you, Honorable Chair. Thank you. The DA. Thank you, House Chair. I hereby move on behalf of the Democratic Alliance that at its next sitting, this House debates the impact of climate change on the tourism sector in South Africa and its strategy to mitigate these risks. I so move. The PAC, Al Jama. Al Jama. The ANC. Thank you, I was Chair. Sign April. I hereby move on behalf of the ANC that the next house sitting, the house talks about the transformation in the tourism industry. Thank you. Debates. Thank you. Honourable members, that concludes notices of motion and the business for the day. The house is adjourned.